gang, welcome to Best Night Ever, a show where interesting people who do interesting things tell the story of their best night ever. I'm your host, Ian Hollihan. With me, as always, is the so fine feline, Reggie Miller. I hope everyone had a uh, happy, healthy 4th of July. You got to eat a lot of fireworks and blow up a lot of hot dogs. Reggie and I went down to Coney Island here in New York to watch the National uh, Hot Dog Eating Competition. It's a lot of fun, but it's becoming a lot like watching the Patriots in the Super Bowl, meaning uh, it's it's just not so fun watching the same team win all the time. And Joey Chestnut, I guess, is the Patriots of uh, competitive eating. But it's still a lot of fun. Coney Island is actually my favorite part of New York City. It's like punk rock Disneyland, and it's a place that no one ever thinks to go to, especially if you're from out of town. So uh, it was the 4th. We went down. It was beautiful out. Watched the competition, then had some hot dogs ourselves. Went over to the Freak Bar, went to the Coney Island Museum, then, of course, rode the Cyclone. You know, tons and tons of fun. I'd say 4th of July is probably my favorite holiday. Uh, you know, when you're a kid, it's usually like uh, uh, Christmas or Halloween because, you know, presents and candy. But as a grown-up, uh, the 4th of July is just an awesome time to, you know, uh, hang out in the warmth and, you know, enjoy freedom, so to speak, for those of us lucky enough to have it. But fun fact, you know how they say uh, uh, Jesus wasn't actually born on December 25th? Jesus also wasn't actually born on the 4th of July. So think about that. Being that I love the 4th of July so much, I thought it would be a good idea to keep on celebrating for the rest of July. Uh, so two weeks from now, uh, the founder of Atlas Obscura is going to tell us his best night ever, uh, which happened to be a 4th of July during his teen years. Next week, uh, an honest-to-goodness competitive eater is going to tell us her best night ever, and there's a really bizarre happening there, so don't miss next episode. For today's episode, the most recent episode after America's birthday, I thought it would be really cool to hear the best night ever of a brand new American. And no, I don't mean a baby, you dingbat. I'm talking about artist and illustrator Luis Ramirez. He was born in Venezuela, but as of a few weeks ago, he's now a tax band, diehard watching, Dwayne The Rock Johnson loving American. He still really, really likes soccer, but uh, I'm working on that. Uh, give it some time. Other than being a super talented artist and illustrator, he's also a very good friend of mine. I met Luis, I'd say, about five years ago, and when I first met him, he spoke no English. Now, he speaks some English. We are going to talk to Luis in just a second. He got his green card, and I'm pretty sure he has it on him because he has to, because uh, of the law. Uh, but we'll find that out in just a second. Uh, before uh, Luis comes over, if you're enjoying the show and want to hear it again and not have to think about it, go ahead and hit subscribe. If you're not enjoying the show, uh, rather than sit there and, and let, let let it fester, just tell me about it. Leave a review and we'll hash it out because I really don't want this show to affect our friendship in a negative way. Okay? So without further ado, amazing artist, my good friend, brand new American, Luis Ramirez. Welcome to Best Night Ever. Thank you. So as a curveball for the show, instead of telling the best on ever, Luis is just going to talk about the cats that he's met. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, Reggie. Reggie? My Pepper. art cat, Reggie Miller. Yeah. yeah. Listeners probably would know who he is. Yeah. Pepper. He's a cat. Uh, he's uh, kind of like gray with white. Very nice cat. Uh, Luis used to be afraid of... You said this. You said, I'm, I don't, I, uh, I'm afraid of cats. You once said that to me. Yeah, I did. Okay. But not anymore. Yeah. I uh, defeat my fears. Well, good for so big. So this has been a big year for Luis. You so you 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 got your green card, and you finally uh, defeated your fear of cats. Yeah. What's more important? What do you what do you think is a bigger accomplishment for this year? Yeah. The green card. Okay. Yeah. A, a longer pause than expected. <laughs> no, I no, I don't know. I don't know because I I I don't know. It has been a lot this year. Well, okay. If you didn't get the green card, I would say that's your event of the year that you defeated your fear of kitty cats. But no, it just so happens you, you got your green card and you're you're an American now. Uh, um, it says 
welcome to America. And at the end, it says that I have to carry with me every day. Every day, because it's the law. Is it here? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, how does it feel? Yeah, it feels very good. So the, the day after I got the interview and they pretty much said that they were going to approve it, I got breakfast with Bale and then... I walked with her to her job, and then as I was leaving, she asked me what do I wanted to do, if text my friends to hang out or something. Uh, my answer was like, no, just gonna walk because I feel like I'm breathing freedom finally, you know, after four years and a half. So, yeah. In our conversations, one thing you've said is that, you know, like you, um, you're not really interested in going to the South. Uh, yeah, not much. And again, your wife is from Texas. Uh, Bailey, you're from Texas, yeah? Yeah. Is it true if you're going to play in Texas, you have to have a fiddle in the band? I have no idea what you're talking about. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, it's by, uh, there's a band, there's a song called, uh, it, it, that's the title of the song. If you're going to play in Texas, you have to have a fiddle in the band by the band Alabama. It's super catchy, but uh, it, but you're saying that's not true. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what an Alabamian knows about Texas. It's a good song though. You should check it out. But Alabama has some good songs. They do Dixieland Delight. That's another one they do. Mm-hmm. Do you know that one? No. <laughs> what about Play Me Some Mountain Music? That's another Alabama song. No. Man. I don't know the band, Alabama. You're from Venezuela. She's from Texas. Yeah, I, I know. Anyways, this isn't about her. It's about you. Well, there, there, there's a lot of things. First of all, I don't like like these cities where you depend on a car. Here, you just go to a deli and you take a walk and that's it. That's it? <laughs> yeah, you know, like uh, two minutes walk and you go to a deli or the grocery is fine. Um, over there, you know, you, you depend with the car and... Uh, well, you know, like, I guess it's also the fact that they are not very used to see people from somewhere else that is not the U.S. I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, the whole thing. I, like, I lived in Kentucky for six years. And, and I've said, like, New York, ridiculously racist and open about it. Uh, in the South, probably equally as racist, but they keep it at home. And, and they're, they're nice to you. And I think that, uh, especially now that you're an American, you know, uh, that sounds awful. I'm not going to say that. Now that you're actually a human being, they might actually be nice to you. Uh, maybe we'll keep that part in. My The best advice I can give you, if someone says hello to you with their hand palm facing you up high and the hands above the head, it's a high five, not a low five. <laughs> it's a big tell that you're not American is if you someone does this and you go for the low five. So own it, embrace it. Yeah. Cool. I'll, I'll keep it in mind. Yeah. I'll start practicing. Don't keep it in mind. Do. Look, this isn't, this is like I'm trying to help you here. But I have a story about feeling uncomfortable in a place in the South. So the this, this story about feeling uncomfortable in a weird situation. I was in Jalico, Tennessee, not from there. Uh, I got a flat tire, right? I'm changing my tires in the middle of the night and the neighborhood's uh, not great, you know? And as I'm, as I'm trying to change the tire, this car, the same car, like he drives by once. It's like I got four guys in the car. Drives by once, turns around, drives by again. Like, what's this car doing? The car stops, like right, honestly, right next to me. And they rolled on the window and the driver says, hey, man. You gonna steal all those tires? You thought I was stealing the tires? Yeah. Miscommunication, sir. This is my car. <laughs> I said, "Oh, I'll have a good night." And they drove away. That's so funny. I will believe that something like that happened in Venezuela. You know? Yeah, they can change your tires. Like they can steal your tires in less than one minute. Are you trying to say people like Venezuela is better at stealing tires than America? That sounds like a challenge. No, right? no, 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 no. Like. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, I, I'll show you. I, I, I see somebody, I see somebody standing right next to my car here, and I wouldn't think that possible. You know, like, oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I will imagine, yeah. I'll probably go get closer to them with a bat or something like that. 
That's pretty brutal. <laughs> Venezuela is like Vikings, but in the Caribbean. You know, they 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 love alcohol and uh, women's, and they just fight like crazy. Yeah. Uh, have you seen Revenge of the Nerds two? Nerds in Paradise. No. Very similar. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I am genuinely super happy for you. It's super cool. Thank you. Um, this isn't about you, Bela. Is. It- Party on the restaurant with you? Oh, okay. You can yeah. do better for your podcast, but it really is a better story. Which one? This isn't your show. <laughs> so, my best night ever started in the afternoon. So, I was in Merida. Merida is a small state in Venezuela. The town is called Bailadores. My uncle has a house, like, in the countryside. He used to grow lettuce, onion, flowers, I forgot the bird of of paradise, something. So I went there for a week, but I ended up staying for a whole month. I I, I lived in Caracas for 21 years. Pretty big city. It's uh, very, very toxic, but you can, you know, get advantage of how toxic it is. Obviously, a lot of crime, drugs, and, you know, like, the things that you don't see here, you'll find it there. Right now, it's, like, worse than ever, uh, very fucked up, but uh, when I was growing up, it, it was very charming. Everywhere you look around in Caracas, there's uh, mountains because it's a valley. Uh, there's this big mountain that most of the people look every morning when they wake up. It's called the Avila. I like to, to do like the hiking. It's like to go to the top is probably like six hours. And once you are in the top, you look to one side of the mountain and you have the sea it's an our state and once you look to the other side you have like all these crazy buildings so caracas will be like on the rim finger and then merida will be right in the curve that you have between your index and your thumb it's pretty far from caracas Once a year, all the cousins will, will go to my uncle's house, very close to all my cousins. There is uh, Guillermo Enrique, Samuel, Samael, they have similar names, Edgardo, Rafael, Jesus Rafael, Reniel, Alfonso, counting me, uh, Luis David, Jose Norberto, and Jose Rafael. Yeah. Wow. Who's your least favorite? <laughs> um... I don't have a least favorite. I have cousins that I do not hang out uh, that much with. For example, Jose Norberto and Jose Rafael, they are twins. And Both named Jose? Yeah, pretty weird, right? Apparently Venezuelan love Jose. It's a good name. I'm going to be for it, yeah. So my, my uncle's house is actually pretty big. And we are like 12 guys, around 12 guys. So my uncle built like a large room in his house with bunk beds for all of us. When the summer uh, used to come, we will all go there. And <laughs> they, they were like the best holidays ever. Uh, we'll do a lot of hiking. So we'll go to these amazing waterfalls and rivers. The water was freezing though. We will go and play baseball, soccer. We will steal chickens from the others' farms, you know, like, and run away as people is like chilling at you and play with the cows, poop, throwing it to each other. But yeah, it was fun. I had an uncle who was going back to Caracas and he offered me to get a ride uh, with him to Caracas. So my other uncle, 
who I was staying with, he started joking, like being sarcastic, like, oh, I'm very sad because my nephew is living. But he wasn't sad. He was actually happy. It's just the fact that it's like another mouth to feed and he's like pretty, how do you say, cheap about that. And second, you know, it's like the fact that I was going out so much with my cousins and stuff and was like arriving drunk at home and I was pretty young. I was like 17. So he asked one of my cousins to buy a bottle of whiskey or something like that. My cousin, he came out with two bottles of rum. It's like they were about a liter each one. I don't know how much is that in uh, ounces or whatever. We, we have liters. Here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Just in case. So <laughs> we start drinking. It was like about 3 p.m. Four people, two bottles of rum that they disappeared. They, they were all done. So I was obviously pretty drunk. It was around like 8 p.m. I was getting ready, you know, to uh, go back to Caracas. And I took a shower. I packed everything on the suitcase. And then uh, <laughs> uh, one of my cousins came into the room. He was like, get ready. No, we're going out tonight because uh, some friends are going to come up to pick us to go out. Tonight, you know. So I got dressed. We went out. We're in a Ford Fiesta, pretty small car, and probably like six people or maybe seven inside. Like we're all smushed. There's a traditional drink uh, in Venezuela. It's called Aguardiente. Tastes like shit. I don't recommend anyone to drink it. It scratches your throat like really, really bad as you drink. It smells super bad. And once it gets to your stomach, it's like all warm. But they, you know, Maria is in the mountains, so they drink it a lot to keep their their self warm. They, that drink is actually illegal to <laughs> to sell it in in Venezuela, but the people in the countryside they made their own and then they put it on like Coca Cola bottles. You know, once they they uh, finish the, their Coca Colas, they just put it there and. They go out with it and drink. So it was like a two uh, liters Coca-Cola with that aguardiente. We finished that. So later on, we moved to another place. And they were drinking uh, rum, cacique. And uh, they have one bottle that is called Pata Elefante. They call it like that because I don't know exactly how many liters is on it. Like maybe three, four uh, but it's huge. Like when you see the, the, the bottle is actually huge. And that's why they call it Fat Elefante, like, uh, elephant's, uh, leg. We finished that also. And then we just went to this place, you know, uh, it's like an empty space pretty much in the, in the farm. And people just go there, park their cars. Some some people in Venezuela, they love to think that they are like in uh, Fast and the Furious movies. So they put like all these crazy sound system in their cars and they open it and they just play music and people is dancing and all the stuff. So I was with my cousin and his friends. We finished all the aguardiente. We finished all the rum. The only thing that we had left was beers. So we start drinking beer. <laughs> I don't know, it was like maybe like 2 a.m., something like that. My uncle was calling me because we were supposed to wake up early in the morning next day to go back to Caracas. So he's calling me, you know, like, hey, what are you doing? Like, uh, you should come home. You know, we are supposed to go back to Caracas tomorrow morning. 
I, I don't know. At this point, I was already super drunk, and I was telling him that I want to stay here, you know, living here. I, this is the Dolce Vita. I want to stay here forever. So he, he got upset at me. Whatever. He hung up. But then I was feeling, like, very tired. I said to my cousin, like, listen, I'm super drunk. I feel super tired. I need to <laughs> to get some sleep. I was like, yeah, yeah, just get in the car, sleep there. And that's when the night got interesting because I went to sleep. Then next morning, um, waking up really bad. Obviously, I feel like, like shit. You know, I, I look around. I start like throwing up right next to me in the bed. I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. I was pretty much like swimming on my own vomit. And then the, the things that I, I, I'm going to check out my cell phone. You know, I insult my uncle last night. I thought I didn't want to go back with him to Caracas. And I'm going to check out the cell phone to see if he told me something after that. I do not have my cell phone. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if I, I drop it somewhere. I just didn't have my cell phone. I asked my cousin. I, I woke him up actually. Like, hey, do you have my cell phone? He was like, uh, no, dude. And then he was like, you got wasted last night. I was like, yeah, I know, thank you, like, so I kept asking him about my cell phone, I was like, where is my cell phone, I was like, I don't know, like, check on your pants, check on your clothes, whatever, and then the bed is all covered with my vomit, uh, tell me exactly what happened last night, you know, and yeah, he told me. <laughs> Uh, apparently I woke up like five minutes later. Like he says that I woke up after that and I just kept talking with them. Then I went to take a pee and I kind of pee a little bit in my hands. I don't know. It's a little bit weird. One of the guys uh, who was with us, he was also like super, super bad. And he also said that he needed to get some sleep. So he went to sit on the passenger seat in the car. And as he went to sleep, like he pee all over his pants. So the, the car smelled really bad. Maria is in the mountains, like super, super cold. <laughs> my nose was like very running, you know, like all my, my boogers were coming out. So I took my hand put it on my nose, I blow my nose, took out all those boogers, and then I shake my hand, and apparently there was two girls right next to me, and I throw it to them. Obviously, I don't remember any of these things, so obviously I don't remember when I arrive home, right? Uh, but my aunt said that when we arrive, my cousin is pretty short, he can handle alcohol a little bit better than I do. My aunt said that she didn't know who was carrying who, because the two of us were so bad supporting to each other that were pretty much like uh, dra dragging each other in the floor to go to, to the bed. I think the most uh, embarrassing thing was to look at the girls that I throw my boogers like two days after them. Didn't know who they were. They were just like my cousin's friends. I saw them once after that and never again in my life. They were like nice hangover. You know, I was like, yeah, thank you. Uh, they already told me what I did to you, so. <laughs> I know. So, first of all, I, I learned my mistake about, you know, the stupidity of going out drinking with my cousin until you get blacked out, pretty much. And then, it, it, it was actually nice how everything started, even though that I don't remember the end. But then, even though that I felt really bad the whole day because I couldn't eat anything till like 
12 a.m. that night, the, the next night, something like that, because I still feel bad. It was like funny to think about uh, like the embarrassing things that you possibly did uh, the last night without hurting anyone, obviously. So, and yeah, I think that's the my best night ever. Is that bad? I don't know. No, it's great. Are you yeah. kidding? For that, that story you already told in one sentence, my best night ever, I accidentally threw boogers at girls and then my friend Peter's friends. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for that story, Luis. Uh, I feel like that may have been a little bait and switchy. Uh, meeting the folks at home uh, may have thought that they, that may have been a, a beautiful story about uh, you and your family hanging out in the mountains of Mierda uh, in uh, Venezuela, uh, but it just ended up being a story about getting wasted and throwing boogers on folks. I feel I feel so bad for those women, and and if by the crazy chance you're listening, um, uh, uh, on behalf of Luis, I apologize. Um, I'm I'm sure he feels bad about it. What I thought was really interesting about the story, this is the first time this has happened, is his best night ever. He doesn't actually remember, and I find that super fascinating. And uh, uh, though I did uh, very much so enjoy the story, knowing Luis, I was shocked that there was uh, elements of cow poo and boogers. Uh, uh, his art. Uh, doesn't have either of those. So if you want to look at his art, I highly recommend following his Instagram. It's uh, Luce El Illustrator. I don't know the English translation, but I can spell it out for you. L-U-C-H-O-E-L-I-L-U-S-T-R-A-D-O-R to take a look at his stuff. It's really, really good. And you know what? Just for kicks, if you want to see pictures of him and his wife, Bela, uh, check out his personal Instagram, L-A-R-H-93. And since we're looking at Instagrams, go ahead and follow us. We're at Best Night Ever Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. It's uh, at BNE Podcast. It's not that good. Uh, maybe if I get enough followers, I'll take it more seriously. But Instagram, I'm pretty on top of. Uh, you can check out our website for original artwork that pertains to each episode, including this one, at bestnighteverpodcast.com. Our theme song today was provided by Ghost of Lester Bangs. The background music was provided by uh, Orlando Horror, Sci-Fi, Folk, Punk, Thrash, Rock and Rollers, Dougie Flesh and the Slashers. Thank you so much, Doug. I don't know if any of you listen to the, the podcast Lore. It's it's really good. I highly recommend it. But I always thought it was really weird that in every single episode, Aaron Mankey would say, Today's episode was produced by me. If it's every episode, I don't think you have to say that, but... Uh, this is the first episode where the entire episode is not produced by me, so now I have to give credit where credit is due. <sighs> Today's episode was produced by me with help from Andy Wilson and Seth Teal. If you're from uh, Jellicoe, Tennessee, I, I, it was really just a, 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 a two-hour experience. I'm, I'm sure the city is fine. That was just my first impression and my only impression. Uh, so if I'm way off in thinking that's just how everyone from Jellicoe, Tennessee is, uh, let me know. Shoot me an email. It's bestnighteverpodcast at gmail.com. And Luis, you know, uh, uh, you're such a good guy and such a good friend, and I love you, and, and I'm happy that at least some of the shit that you have to deal with uh, is gone. So, God bless America. Uh, and speaking of which, we are going, as I mentioned before, we are going to keep this 4th of July celebration going next week uh, with another 4th of July episode with competitive eater Molly Schuyler. Uh, it's a very, very bizarre episode. Uh, uh, if, if you only listen to one episode, I guess I should say, if you only listen to two episodes, because obviously you listen to this episode if, if you did, because you're hearing me right now. But if you're only going to listen to another episode, it should be that one. Because uh, it's a great story, and just weird stuff happens. Anyways, whether you're listening to this in the daytime, afternoon, or night, I hope it's the best ever. See you next time. <laughs>